FT Live. We have a really full house today. It's Krasinski, Kratz, Bella, and Braun because we need help. Bella, we're going up against football. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. What's up, AJ? That's nasty. You don't want this smoke. Bella, Bella can take at least one. Bella can probably mess with Eve a little bit. Bella, what do you think? See you later, dog. Nobody in uh, Pennsylvania can drive through light rain, so um, I came in hot, and Bella thought that hot. there was something big going on. But hot. No, it's just uh, playoff season oh. in Major League Baseball. Russ is going to join us in about 15 minutes. Grant Br- uh, Brisby, who I listen to and read his articles for, for years, he writes for The Athletic, um, he is going to help us for a formal eulogy for the San Francisco Giants, which is about a week overdue, but we'll do it now. And then America's pitcher, Rowdy Telez, will join us um, at 2.30 Eastern. Let's charge the damn mound and get right into the playoff races. And we have to start with the American League West because just like everyone expected, AJ, the Rangers were dusted a couple weeks ago by the Astros and now they are very much in control of the division because you guessed it, schedule makers. Houston went two and seven over the last couple of weeks against the and the Astros. Are you kidding me? I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand what the what the dilly is. Like, I mean, you we always we always bring up it's like oh the pitching, the hitting, this, and you always go big schedule guy, big schedule guy. The Royals are nine and one in their last ten games, like nine and one, and they've beaten the Astros six times. What would you do if you're in Houston, right? Well, you've been in Houston, okay, and you know some of those guys. What is going on? Like, are they actually freaking out, or are they like, you know what? We've been a winner for so long; it's all good. We ran into a hot team. Or are they sitting there going? What the fuck just happened? That is probably are, right? closer to the vernacular they're using. Okay. Like, it has to be. Because you can't sit here and go... And, and maybe... So so basically, to me, because of, I know those guys, because you've seen these guys in the playoffs, in the World Series, winning two World Series since 2017, they're not, they're not panicking. So the two choices are, are they panicking or are they a little complacent? And to me, it would probably be that they're a little bit complacent. I'm not saying that they're not trying hard. I'm saying that they go in and it's the Royals. And so this is where like the little stuff matters. Like, yes, you're playing the Royals, but that counts the exact same as the games that you played against the Red Sox earlier. Did you counts- do this? Yes. When you were on a team that was really good, they'd go, oh, we got the Royals for three. We're good. It was said. It was definitely said. Okay. And the best teams, the teams that came in and took care of business, i.e. Phillies against the Mets this weekend, mm-hmm. those teams made sure that was cut off at the head from everywhere, from scouting. Because you only play these guys six times during a year. You don't see them all the time. Ah, it's the Royals. Mm-hmm. We'll take care of them. You know, we'll see what happens. I just, I just I can't believe a team that has this much success – would do that, but I'm just saying what I've heard when I've been in those situations. Okay. AJ, disaster. Well, <clears throat> comes down to leadership for me. You got to have someone that stands up and says, This ain't happening. You got to jump them early, too. They never did that. They fell behind in every one of those games and never came back. They had Framber pitching. He didn't pitch very well against the Royals. You know, they had their guys. Now they lined it up a little bit differently for this 
series they have coming up with the Mariners now with Verlander starting game one. But, man, I mean, you cannot lose six games to the Royals. Now, the difference is, like, when you're talking about the Mets versus the Phillies, the difference is the Mets, they got a bunch of veteran dudes that are just like, all right, we're playing this out. The Royals got a bunch of young guys that are hungry, and they got to prove that we need to stay in the big league. So we're like, man, we're playing the defending world champs. Oh, we're up for this game. The Mets, listen, you know, Alonzo, Lindor, those guys, the veteran guys on the Mets, they're just riding it out. They're like, all right, we got seven more games. Let's just get through these, try not to get hurt. But those Royals and those young teams, that, that's where you get into trouble is you play these young teams that you don't really know. They want to beat the Astros because that's a notch in their cap for next year. Yeah, no doubt. I completely, I completely agree. But I also think, like, you can be complacent – in the division and still beat teams. So the Phillies Mets example wasn't great for me because they have all their, you know, if you're a little complacent, you have your scattered reports, you know, you faced, you know, you know, you faced McGill, you know, you faced their bullpen pieces, but when you're going against the, the Royals, did they have uh, who hit two homers yesterday? Was it Velasquez or something? Nelson Velasquez. Like, did they know that he could put a ball off the upper deck oppo? I don't know. I don't know, but whatever it is, they got to figure whatever it is, they have to figure it out. I can't imagine though that the I can't imagine the Astros went into this series and didn't do their work. I mean, this is a team of guys that are ultra professional. I, agree. I mean, Bregman, Altuve, Abreu, Maldonado, that's what he's famous for is his work. I, I can't imagine Dusty Baker. Listen, they just ran into a team that's hot at the wrong time. And it and the old the old saying is not who you play, it's when you play them. <laughs> That's what happens. I mean, look at, listen, look at the Mariners. The Mariners went to Texas and got whooped for three games, right, by the Rangers. Nobody saw that coming. Everyone was like, ah, oh, the Rangers, they don't have any pitching, blah, blah, blah. They went out and beat the crap out of the Mariners for three games. Now they, they basically have a lock on this division because now, but they get the Angels for three games, right? Oh, and they finish with the Mariners for four. They might have the Mariners out by then. If Houston goes and takes care of the Mariners, it could be, the Mariners could be done. Before that series even matters, the Rangers might just have to win one game to get in and win the division. So it's just it's just crazy. And, and I don't want to ever say that a team is complacent or didn't put the work in because I find it hard to believe with a team like the Astros, they wouldn't do it. So one more, and then we'll move to some of the other playoff races because Russ is going to join us in kicking on, kicking on the AL West. Were we too hard on the Rangers? I mean, you saw them plenty during their low times, AJ. But then Josh Young comes back. Adolis Garcia comes back. Evan Carter is one of those guys, right? Let's call him up and see what happens. What's the worst that happens? He doesn't hit to start. Oh, wait. Mature approach at the plate. He's spitting at pitches that, like a veteran. He's hitting homers. He's making contact. And even if this eventually gets figured out by the rest of the league, right, if the league makes adjustments, whatever. It's the end of the season. So, you know, if, if he struggles in the playoffs, whatever. They're trying to get into the postseason right now, and he has been an asset to the team. And suddenly their offense looks a lot better. Remember, AJ, you said second half of the lineup doesn't look great. Well, now it looks much better because dudes are back. Well, absolutely. And one thing that has gotten better is their bullpen. I don't care how much they hit. Their bullpen is what was killing them. And they've kind of righted that ship a little bit. Uh, you know, Bochi, the starters have gone deeper. Montgomery pitched great yesterday. Got deeper into the game and it saved his bullpen guys so he could have them lined up how he wanted them. It, it comes down to can their starting pitching get deep enough to allow Bochi to make the moves he needs to make. They're going to score runs. They had always been scoring runs. The problem was they'd score runs and then they'd give it up. And this weekend against the Mariners, they didn't give it up. They tried, but they did not give it up. 
This is exactly what I always talk about. People are like, well, how can you explain baseball as a team sport? Like it's a bunch of individuals, blah, blah, blah. If your lineup bangs, which when you were in there watching them, you were talking a lot about how after the four hole, five hole, it was nothing. Now that lineup is extended because Josh Young is back. Now that lineup's extended a little because Evan Carter's hit his fourth home run since he's been called up. But doesn't matter who hits or doesn't hit. If you're always trying to score five runs and then the other team scores four, then you score three more and the other team scores three more. You're always in these games where you had said it before, when you talk to Bochi, these guys are gassed. These guys are exhausted. I'm kind of seeing that a little bit with the Cubs. They are throwing guys out there. They swept, they swept the Rockies. They should have swept them, but they are burning up. You know, they're burning up Merriweather. They're burning up Quas. They're burning up these guys at the back end of their bullpen that are pivotal pieces that if you limp into the playoffs, you have to be able to take some weight off of these bullpen pieces, some weight off of these seven, eight, nine in your lineup that aren't producing every day. And that's how you play team baseball. And Jordan Montgomery, Monty's outing he had the other day was huge for them huge for them going that deep is it's important and this is this is what, what they're going to ride for the last week of the season here yeah they well, look, needed the bullpen yesterday too AJ. yeah but look but look Baldy at what they look good yeah but if all gave him five innings right okay that's fine but he had martin perez ready to go chapman mm-hmm. was unavailable because he had pitched the previous two games so they used leclerc to close it but dunning five and a third and then who does Bo- bochi back that with andrew heaney and he gives him what an inning and two thirds, I believe he did. He gave him an inning and two thirds after, or two and a third. Sorry, Dunning five and a third, Stratton a third, and then Heaney two and a third, no runs, no hits. And then Chapman comes in, closes out Friday, and then Monty on Saturday goes out, and gives him seven, right? Sets the bullpen up nicely. So then everyone's pretty rested. And then you get to Sunday, Evaldi five, and then Martin Perez inning and two thirds. Stratton didn't do very well, but then Hernandez an inning. Burke, and then LeClerc closes it out. I mean, this is what they need if they're the Rangers. They need some sort of length. For a while, their their starters weren't getting out of the third, fourth inning. Now they're at least giving them five. And then with some of their length options, Heaney, Martin Perez, whoever it is, Bochy can mix and match a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And, and Bochy can mix and match. Bochy he's the best. Really, he's really good he's, at that. He's really good at it. He's, he's got starters most. that can eat up innings for him in, in the bullpen now, right? That's what AJ's talking about, and that helps. Okay, so – that's an all-out grind fest. And you know what's funny to me is we're going to get to the playoffs. A couple of these AL West teams are going to get in. And they're either going to do great and we're going to go, see, they were playing in the playoffs down the stretch of the season. Or they <laughs> won't. We'll say they ran out of gas and flip it for Minnesota where we're going to be like either, well, they were in cruise control through the end. Of, you know, like whatever happens, we're just going to ride that narrative. That's how baseball works. Am I right? No, because this is a new baseball show. We're not riding that narrative. We're not riding So it. then let's be definitive here, okay? Let's get to the Twins. They clinched the division. It has not been difficult for them in the second half of the season. Plus, their team kind of hit their stride while the rest of the division literally tanked and sold, except for Cleveland for like two and a half weeks for the dump deadline. But besides that, it was not a competitive division at all. Twins partied hard. Did you see some of the video? Love that. Love that. This- Dallas Keuchel went off, and he battled back to get to this point. Just hit 10 years service, so he's having <laughs> a time. This went viral. The clip we're looking at right now, the beer shower. It's more of like a beer fountain. Everyone's coming at him. But apparently, Kenta Maeda was actually the MVP of the party. 
Yes. I didn't hear this. I was tipped off about this. Saw some video. Um, we don't have it, but apparently he was like letting go more than anyone else. And they said he's not usually like that. On the field, it'll give you a little bit of emotion, but Correa pointed it out. And most of the guys said he was very pleased um, with making the playoffs with this ball club and another guy who had come back from a significant injury. So AJ are the, oh, and one more thing. Let's show the Sonny Gray line on his lack of run support this season. Quote, I think we're just saving them for the postseason, the <laughs> runs. That's fine. Twins are 37 and 26 second half tired, of the year. Starting pitching's quote. been good. Tired quote. Say? That's a tired quote to me. Why? It's like a dad joke? It's just a tired quote. Like, just say, like, I hope we score. Like, oh, it's I think funny. we're good. Come on. No, but it's, kind of a, it's kind of a backhanded, like, I don't know. I mean, we, listen, they haven't been scoring for him. Okay. I, I mean, but, you know, oh, we're saving him for the postseason. Like, I mean, you know, like, dude, how about we just go out and we'll try to win in the postseason because they haven't won in, I don't know, 20 years a game? It's, it's been a while. It's 18 been a while, games in a row they've lost in the postseason. Let's, let's, not, let's, let's cut the narrative off. Everybody will be uber surprised if the Twins get past anyone the I won't. second round. I won't. Oh, for, for, oh. Well, second round? Yes, yeah. yes. First, yeah. first round, I think. First round, I think a lot is a lot is possible in the first round. I think. Well, I mean, who are they going to play? If, if they get Houston, they could possibly get Houston. Oh, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm saying who's good. We are or all going to be surprised if they it's gonna get be Houston past the or Seattle, round. pretty much. Who they're going to play? And. And they will be the underdog. You think? Yeah. With Gray, Ryan, Maeda, and Lopez. Lopez is their starters. Yeah, but really? what happens? What happens yes. in the postseason? What happens in the postseason? You pitched for the strikeout. Good lord, how many strikeouts do you think the Twins are going to have? Oh, they they set the all-time record for strikeouts. This but year. I'm saying in a postseason game, oh, going yeah. up against pitchers who know how to strike guys out. And you're only facing guys that are striking guys out. I'm not yes. saying that they're only hitting. You know, homers off of fours and fives. I'm saying they're going like you're gonna you're gonna attack that lineup <laughs> the way that teams have been attacking it the whole year. Except you're fine putting a guy on base if it means ah, you know what? We can get the next guy with a punch out. They might punch out 20 times in a postseason game, and I, I don't feel like I'm like over exaggerating it because of whatever team they play. I don't really care. You match up against these guys, and you just exploit weaknesses. And I think they just punch out way too much. And then the opposite is going to be, well, they hit home runs. And whatever team hits the most home runs wins World Series. But other games. teams hit home runs. The teams who win World Series don't strike out. It's both. Yep, they don't strike. Look at the last, they, I don't know how many years, the team who strikes out the least usually wins. wins. Analytics nerds go wild on that because they're like, but, it's, it's contact and slug, okay? No, yes. it's contact. Besides the Giants. It's all it's all a narrative. It's all a narrative. The narrative is, oh, well, I want to I want to push the fact that home runs are winning. Yeah, the teams that hit the most home runs are probably going to win the series, but that's not what it is. It's the strikeouts. And the strikeouts are too high for Minnesota. No matter who your pitching staff, which I think is an unbelievable pitching staff. And I don't think I'm taking the under on runs and the over on the Minnesota series <laughs> for punch outs. Hey, let's uh, talk to Russ Dorsey about the uh, AL wild card, and then we'll also hit that Charlie Morton injury that could be tough for Atlanta. It takes another hit to their starting staff. Back on FT Live, Braun Kratz, Pierzynski, Bell is gone, but Russ Dorsey is here um, from Stadium. What's up, Russ? Let's just get this out of the way. I'm going to steal AJ's thunder. Um, shittier situation right now. Chicago Bears or Chicago White Sox? That's how I'm going to tie this into baseball. 
<laughs> oh man. Um Bears. <laughs> it might it might be the Bears because I, I'm just gonna look overall. Like I'm not a fan of the Chicago White Sox, right? I, I cover baseball for a living. Uh but I have been unfortunately a fan of the Chicago Bears uh my entire lifetime. <laughs> and it's one of those things where I, I'd like to call myself an observer of the Bears now because I can't be a fan of what I see on Sundays, right? And I tweeted about it last week. Like, the, the fall is too beautiful here in the city of Chicago to be upset on Sundays when there's amazing brunch here in the city. So it's a shit show, um, and I don't, I don't really know where we go from here. Uh, well, well, no. I, I mean, I know it's a baseball show, but we're also a sports show, okay? You were tweeting at number one yesterday, okay? You were taking some shots at him. It, is it taking a shot? I was asking I mean, for accountability because he he sat at his locker and was blaming the media for trying to break up that locker room, but they've gotten boat raced every week. And at some point, you can't blame the media. Because did the media go out there and get their head knocked off against the Kansas City Chiefs? No. All right, so then so. next week, next week you got the Broncos who gave up 70 versus the Bears. I mean, is this the worst game in the history of the NFL four weeks in? It is, because the team that got blown out by 50 by the Dolphins yesterday is a three-point favorite on the road in Chicago. Oh! Okay, I, yep. I, I might have to give up my Bear fandom, too. After Horrific that's true. game. Are you kidding Horrific. me? Horrific. They're underdogs against point, the Broncos? The Bears are a three-point dog at home against a team that lost by 50 points yesterday. That's okay. because blaming the media sucks, and, and they're just taking a page out of Pierzynski's book. Whenever yeah. he had tough times in the bigs, he was like, <laughs> fuck it, media Yeah, ball. take that, yeah. Paul Merkin. Yeah. Blaming it on my guy, Merck. Yeah. Exactly. Merck, who wears the same shirt five days a week. Uh, <laughs> I love you, Merck. I love you, Merck. Okay, Russ. So, baseball-wise, were you more surprised that the Rangers swept the Mariners or that the Astros cannot handle the Royals? That the Astros couldn't do anything with the Royals like that Mariners series it's one of those where you're like okay the Rangers have are limping into the postseason the Mariners have not played like the same team like they played like in August where they had the best record they've ever had in the month of August were red hot and they have they are just they ran out of gas and I think with a lot of these younger teams you've seen it with the Cincinnati Reds you're seeing a little bit with Miami where you use all your energy to get to this point and then at some point the other shoe drops where it's just like, we're just gassed. And that's what I'm seeing right now from Seattle. From the Royals, it's a team that doesn't necessarily have much to play for, but they're like, hey, we're going to play spoiler. And I'm shocked that the Houston Astros that have been in this position for almost a decade now played like that at home knowing what was on the line. I really am. I completely agree with you. What I need to agree with you on is when one of these three AL West teams don't make it. You have to choose which one's not going to make it. Mm -hmm. Which one would be the biggest disappointment before you choose which one's not going to make it? I think the Astros would probably be the biggest disappointment, right? Like the team that won the World Series last year, missing the postseason is a pretty big disappointment. And I think of all those three teams, the one that you kind of thought would figure things out just because that's what they do is the Houston Astros. And I said last week, I think when I was on here with you guys last week, that the team that lost the series between Seattle and the Rangers would probably miss the postseason. 
and that ends up being the Mariners. And, you know, this week they have Houston and Texas, and I think the Mariners are going to be the, the odd team out. Wow. We're looking at playoff odds, by the way, if you're listening to the pod. 98% for the Blue Jays, 97% for the Rangers, and then the Astros and Mariners are kind of splitting up. Um, Astros still have a little bit of the edge there with a week left in the regular season, 60% to the Mariners, 44 and a half. In the National League, you've got the Diamondbacks at 85, the Cubs at 56%, the Marlins at 52%, the Reds at six and a half. <laughs> and the Giants, basically done. We're going to bury them later. So are you guys good on AL with Russ? Can I ask no, you about I got a, NL? I got a, I got a okay. question for him and Kratz. So I, I did a Mariners game a few weeks ago, and it was when, in the middle of the Mariners. They were just hotter than hell, right? They were just winning every game. Julio Rodriguez was the best player in the world again. And I asked Scott Service on the manager meeting. I said, hey, do you worry that you guys, you know, shot your shot too early? Like, did you shoot your, your shot and you are too hot too soon? And he's like, oh, no, I don't believe in that. We can maintain it. And now all of a sudden you look at them and they're like, their booster rockets have failed and they're like, <laughs> falling back to earth. So do you guys believe in shooting your shot too early? I do, especially for younger teams and teams that, you know, they're not, they're not like the Astros, right? Who every year you expect them to get to the postseason. They're going to make a deep run in the playoffs and get to the World Series. I think for a lot of teams, when this is your, you know, the Mariners made the playoffs last year for the first time in 21 years. And this time it's still fresh. Like this is something that's still new to them. Two years ago, you know, they missed out on the postseason in the last week of the season, just like that was going to happen this week. And so it's not like they're used to going to the playoffs. It's not like they're used to these moments. And there's a lot of pressure that builds in September, right? August is still August. You play the best baseball that you've played all year long. Cool. Julio looks like Julio. Cool. But at some point, those games in September mean a little bit more. And they had a ton of games this month against their division, and it has not gone the same. And now you lose one or two of those games. You get swept by the Rangers, and now you're all that pressure's on. And you know what's ahead of you because you know you still have – two more series against Houston and the Rangers this week. And if you don't win those series, you're going to be out and you're going to start looking around like, man, like, did we wait too long to really make our move? And once we made our move, did we use all that energy? So I think it's true. I don't know that you use any more energy or not. I don't, I don't know that like shooting your shot is too early, too late. I, I think you just start playing into the team that you, that you're supposed to be. You're never going to overachieve. You can't overachieve. You can't play better than what you really are. To me, you're just not playing up to your standard. So I think, I don't know. I, I don't think so. I think they are definitely, they, they got a tough uphill climb to, to get in here the last week, but I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think so. I would be on the on the line of what Scott Service said, but I also would look back and say what Russ said, whoa. Like they were going through an easy stretch of the season. The schedule was easy. And then they started hitting their divisional opponents. So maybe they're not as good as they thought they were in the, in that, in that run. But, but Kratzy, here's my thing. You know, you've been on teams, right? When you fall behind early, you have to use extra energy to get back to, back to where you think you're supposed to be at the beginning. And then you get there and you're like, Oh, okay. We got there. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're not there anymore. So that's why I think like this, it's like when you watch a basketball game and their team's 20 points down and they make a run and they get within like two points. And then all of a sudden the other team's like, okay, now we're going to play again. And the other team has used all their energy to get back to the game almost even. 
And if they can never get over that hump and get a little bit of a lead, the other team just like, okay, shoe fly, we're going to go back. I mean, I don't know. I, I just think there's something, there's more to it than people want to admit. And I, and I think for like those those veteran teams, that's why you go out and you get guys who have been the postseason. That's why you go out and get guys who have been the World Series before and know how to be consistent from April to the end of September because there's a lot of this that happens throughout a season. And it's the teams that can kind of stay consistent in that, never get too high, never get too low, that usually end up being fine And you know when it's all said and done. Now, you have your exceptions, but I think for a team like Seattle where, look – they made it to the postseason last year. Hooray. Everybody in Seattle's happy. I have friends who were Mariners fans that were hyped that they made it to the postseason. <laughs> but then this year, after their run in August, where money's on the table in September, right? You have it right in front of you. Everybody, we've been talking about it for the better part of a month. You know, those series against the Rangers, series against the uh, Houston, you know, in that last weekend of the season where you're going to have the teams that are in front of you, or at that point, they were behind you because you had jumped ahead of them. Those teams are you're going to play them head to head. Who's going to show up? And it's been those teams with veteran experience. A team like Texas that has Corey Seager that's been in the World Series before. A team like Houston that has been in the World Series so much over the last decade. It's those teams that kind of rose to the occasion when they needed to. But if you talk about teams that are going to do the best in the postseason, wouldn't you think if the AL West would get together and say, "Okay, we need somebody from the AL West to make it to the World Series." Which team do we want going there based on how we can set up our rotation, roster, all that stuff? Who do you think is going to be the team? Because for me, I think the Mariners, you look at that starting rotation and that bullpen, that is epic. Like to the point where they are the most, to me, they're the most dangerous team in the West. I understand that the Rangers are where they are and the season is going how it's going. But if they get in, I think they're more dangerous if all three get in which they won't, I think they would be the most dangerous. I, I, I'm I with you on the Mariners starting pitching. Uh, unfortunately, when I look at the Rangers lineup and what they're able to do with, like, Corey Seager, I'm going to tell you what, man. Like, I, I know Shohei's going to win the AL MVP, but Corey Seager deserves a lot of credit for the season that he's having down there in Texas. And he has been everything that you want your $325 million player to be just quietly going out there every night as a homer, 100 ribs, 30 homers, and has really just carried that lineup, you know, with, with Marcus Simeon there at the top. And Houston, there's something with Houston right now where I just, maybe it's because you're, you have those deep runs every year, year in and year out, where they just don't look like the same team. Like the version of Framber Valdez that we've seen as of late is not the Framber Valdez that is a top five starter in Major League Baseball. And if you can't rely on your ace when you get to this point in the season, you're going to have some issues. Um, but with the Rangers, like that bullpen, you guys know you need a really good bullpen in October, and they do not have that. So now you're relying on running, scoring six, seven runs a game to try to win in the postseason, and that's tough. Hey, let me ask you about the National League for a moment. So – the Charlie Morton injury, in my mind, kind of sneaks under the radar for Atlanta this year. And also, because we haven't done it yet on this show, congrats to Ronald Acuna Jr., 40-40 club, or eventually, what, 40-70 club? 70 eventually. Maybe this week. Yeah. Um, so that was cool, the the homer off Patrick Corbin the other day. But Charlie Morton hits the IL. It's a sprained right index finger. Earliest you'll see him back is the NLCS. 
we're not getting guarantees about Max Freed yet either. You have to see how the blister heals, which can be tricky. It's always a topic that pops up in baseball with a few pitchers per year. And for Morton, I mean, again, a solid season, Russ. Mid-3s ERA. Strikeout numbers are still excellent for him. Last year, they dealt with this in their rotation. Strider was coming back from the oblique. Remember, eventually Philly blitzed him in that postseason game. Freed had the stomach bug. So now you're going to start to turn your attention to, of course, Strider's going to be the horse and lead the way. Bryce Elder, who hasn't been as good in the second half. Kyle Wright coming back from an injury. My point is, I think Atlanta has suddenly turned from the perfect team to the powerhouse in baseball that has flaws. Yeah, and we just talked about it with the Rangers. Like They're a team that I look at now because of those injuries and say, all right, you're just going to have to score six, seven runs a game. Right. And that juggernaut offense that has been historic, they're going to have to lead this thing because you talk about Bryce Elder, a 471 ERA in the second half has not been the same guy he was in the first half. Even Spencer Strider, who is the next guy who's going to strike out 300 in the big leagues, has a 432 ERA in the second half. Like he's getting touched up. He's still striking out a lot of guys, but he's getting touched up too. And with Charlie Morton, he's so consistent. Even at 39 years old, you talk about that mid threes ERA, almost struck out 200. And he's a guy that has pitched a ton in the postseason, guy pitched in the World Series on a broken leg. Like, that's the dude that I want in that rotation. He was probably going to be the guy that got starts in the postseason over a guy like Bryce Elder, who was an all-star this year because of how consistent he was. And now you're going to have Strider trying to lead that thing, and you're going to have, what, openers in the postseason, which I don't love. It just puts you at a deficit when it comes to your bullpen in the series. It's not a great situation if you're Atlanta. and I don't know what they're going to do because, you know, you're trying to think ahead to the ALCS to get Charlie Morton back. You might get beat in the uh, the NLDS. You know what I mean? Like, I think the most dangerous team going into the postseason right now is the Philadelphia Phillies. And the same thing that happened to Atlanta last year where they were red hot going into the postseason just like they are this year when they chased down the New York Mets and then the Phillies came through and said, okay, we're going to play like the team we're supposed to play like. And then they got bounced, beat them handily, the 3-1 in that series. Uh, that thing could happen again, and it would be deja vu for Atlanta. Are we talking about it because this is baseball and this is what we do? We talk about, like, well, you know, Mike Trout, when he was the best player in the game, but he doesn't have a great arm. Like, we're always looking for a flaw. Is this because the Braves have been this good that we're like, oh, yeah, you know, they'll still be fine, even though they're going to lose their number two and number three going into the playoffs? And this happens to any other team. It's – SOL, they're Dunsky. I I think it's because we know the game, and at the end of the day, yes, because they have that lineup, they have a shot. You know what I mean? Like when you a lot of teams don't have the the opportunity to have the first player to ever go 40-70 and Matt Olsen, who set the franchise record for homers, and, and Marcelo Zuna, who's had 36 homers, and Michael Harris the second, and on and on and on. Austin Riley has 35 homers. Like most teams have one of those guys. The fact that they have all those guys and Ozzy Albies, they it gives them an opportunity and they have a little bit more margin for error. But we look at that rotation and we because we know that's such an important part of ultimately getting to the World Series, where you have to be critical and say, hey, even with all that that you have that made you such a really good team, if you don't have this part of the equation going into October, it's going to be very difficult for you to get to the World Series. Yeah, it's a good point. And I think 
The one other thing on that front, I know you said you can't just bullpen your way through, but their bullpen is good. It's really good. They're, the Braves bullpen is okay. Really? It's okay. They're not. They're not elite. They're not. They're not Mariners elite. I think the Phillies have more strikeouts and probably walks too. They strike out. They walk the world. But the Braves bullpen from like seven and eight. I think Iglesias. I think Iglesias in a big spot. I think he's legit. He's given up some big homers, but. Mm-hmm. I think you have I worry about him. I worry about I him. I worry about him too. I, 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 worry, I, worry, I worry about Minter. I worry about him. I worry about all I mean, there's a lot of guys on that bullpen that have been known to give it up in big spots. I mean, am I wrong, Russ? And no, you're not. And I think like AJ Minter has been so shut down for them the last couple of years. And he just hasn't had the same type of year this year. And I think we think back to that 21 team that won the World Series where you had Minter and Tyler Matzik and all these guys and that they call them like the night shift. Those guys aren't, it's not the same group, right? And, and Minter, he's, he has times where he flashes being that guy, but sometimes for relievers, like you're just not going to, you're just going to have that season where it's not, it's not clicking for you. And I think AJ Minter is having that. I probably trust AJ Minter more in, in October in some of those big spots and some of those other arms that they have just because the guy's done it and he's been in those spots before. And I think, you know, when the lights are bright in October, you're going to have some guys who have had good seasons, but they've just never been in that position before. And it shows. Yeah, it also showed last year not having Freed. Like, I think Freed, I think Freed is a big part of it. It's not, he's not pitching the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings. You're not getting, you might not even get seven out of Strider. Like, so yes, I get it that those guys have to do that. But Freed really, I feel like he and Ian Anderson in 21, really push them through the playoffs. And I don't – I just don't know. I think that's the biggest injury. Even though Morton's a huge injury, just a lot of uncertainty there. For me, there's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, no, it, like Strider starts a game one for you. Strikes out 12. But he's if he's done after five and two-thirds because he's at a buck 10, <laughs> you're in a tough spot, right? And, and yep. then you're, you're trying to get three and a half innings out of your bullpen then that puts you at a deficit the next day. It's like Bryce Elder's your game two starter. If Bryce Elder's only going five innings, that means you need another four innings from your bullpen. And then in game three, you have to go bullpen game after just have using seven innings from your bullpen the prior two nights. It's tough, man. And, and, and you get in a position where it's just like you just can't do that. And Braves fans, just so you know, Strider only had five strikeouts last night. So if you needed anything else to worry about, there's another piece. <laughs> He was human for one night. My, my one name, though, is Pierce Johnson. Has been, his stuff consistently looks really good for them. Ever since he's come over. Yeah. I think he's going to be heavily relied on in the postseason. Okay. Just throwing that name out. I like You're that name. you hear a lot about Pierce Johnson in the playoffs okay. for Atlanta. If they're doing well, that's going to be a guy where you're, he's like the, the Matzek, where they're like, look, they found this dude. Not found, but obviously no, they he found comes him. over from Colorado. He With like a four numbers. ERA, four seven. Higher. Yeah. Yeah. It was higher. Yeah. And well, it was well, hey, road. listen, the one thing that helps them, though, they get an extra off day in the NLDS. Yes. There's, that's a series that has an extra off day. So there's an so they play, they play game oh, one, off day, play game two, off, then they play game three. Or no, then no. they have another off day, then they yeah. play game three, game four, off day, game five. So there's a built-in extra off day in the NL this year. There you go. And the AL's going back-to-back, back, off day. Yes. Back, yeah. AJ, are you doing AL or NL? Fox has AL this year. You have AL? Okay. Cool. 
We don't know what series yet, though, right? Uh, whatever is it'll be the Twins or Twins West winner. It'll be the West winner, whoever wins the West. So it okay. looks like Texas. Twins in Texas. You love Texas. Russ, thank you. Talk to you later this week. Thanks, guys. Back on FT Live. Before we kick up Hot Corner, it is a good point by Pierzynski. There was bulletin board material for the Arizona Cardinals this weekend. They all heard about Mr. Nice Guy, which is true. Paul Seawald saying that the Arizona Cardinals stink. So please come to Diamondbacks games and support AZ. And what? Kratz? No, me. No, I, I misjudged the Cowboys. They're, they're good, not great, because they beat the shit out of the Jets, but I forgot the Jets are a minor league team until they have a real quarterback. So the Cardinals are actually bad, not terrible. I don't know. Stick to baseball. Stick to baseball. I'm okay. still trying to but figure out the tiebreakers. I read the tiebreakers article before this and everything. The baseball tiebreakers? Yeah, I can't. Oof. I can't handle it. I can't. Mostly those season series against I can't handle other. you saying Cardinals and like a playoff team. I don't know. Like St. Louis, not playoffs. Let's fizzle. Hot corner time. Joey Votto, curtain call. I love the line, too, that he gave everyone. <laughs> I, I got to go hit. <laughs> that was good. That was, it was classy. It was fun. And we don't know if this is the end for Joey, not only in Cincinnati, but for his career. He's got an option. Reds aren't going to give him – they've given him a lot. I think he's fine with – He's earned a lot. He's earned a lot. He's I earned, know. It's all good. I'm just saying lot. he's not coming back on the current contract with the option that they have. So he gets a knock, of course. Reds win that game on Sunday 4-2. But I also do need to point out the Reds' season was lost on Saturday oh. – that made it, what, five of six that they had lost when they were up 9 nothing, and they fell in that game. The crowd was booing, like Northeast booing them. So I think the Reds are done. Is Joey Votto done with the Reds? Anyone get any of those vibes right there? Yes, AJ? Is he uh, done think, with his career too? I don't know. I, I think uh, – I, I just don't know that the Reds are going to – I mean, listen, if he'll come back for – you know, one year, a couple million dollars, will he do that? I don't know. But I just don't know that the, the Reds are in this ultimate youth movement, right? They're, they're bringing up De La Cruz and Steer and Strand, Encarnacion Strand and all these guys, right? And they're all like young, 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 young. And then he had Joey Votto. It was a nice story. He's kind of like the old guy that's in the – the old funny guy in the locker room that's, you know, fitting in with the young kids. I just don't know that they're going to want to commit that many at-bats and that much playing time because they already kind of have a logjam. Remember we had the whole Kirk Herbstreit, Jonathan India, De La Cruz, you know, the whole thing of where everyone's going to play. So I don't know they're going to want to commit that many either DH at-bats or first base at-bats to Joey Votto. I mean, he's – plus the injury factor. I, I don't know. I This felt like the end when they gave him the standing ovation. And, and I think if you're Joey Votto, you have to really think. I mean, he's 40 years old. Do I really want to grind through another season? We'll see. Uh, he deserves to do whatever he wants because he's done so much for the Reds. But it, this felt like the end from from the organization. I feel like it's the end with the Reds. I feel like it is. I don't know. I listened to his post game, his post game like on field speech that he gave, and he said something very telling. He said, "For now," he said, "This is the end for now." What does that mean? Meaning, like he's. I think he's going to try to play. But what AJ said is such a big thing. Like, is he going to try to grind it out and grind through more injuries? I don't know. I, you know, I don't think he had the season he wanted to this past year to end it. I, I don't know him enough, but I think 
I think what the Reds did, I think, was huge because how many times do we see guys finish their career with one team, whether he goes and plays or next year or not? Right now, he's finishing his career with the Reds. They're not picking up his last option for $24 million. Mm-hmm. But, Is Joey Votto about to replace Brandon Belt in Toronto and be their veteran oh, old dude? Canada for life? I don't know. That People be... have been talking about that for years. and Maybe you know, four or five years ago would have made sense, but... I don't. I, I just don't think. Don't listen, I think. I, I think that again. That goes back to, you know, Vlad plays first. Guerrero, he's DH. He's banged up again. Do you want to take? Do you want to commit at bats to Joey Votto, a guy? Listen, we all come to the end of our career, and Joey Votto had a great career. There's a great chance he probably ends up in Cooperstown because he walked a lot and he did a lot of great things. Right? He was the king. He was kind of the first guy that your boy Brian Kenny Scott could go on there and say, "Look how much he walks." He was kind of he kind of ushered in the new wave, right, of hitters, and he was a great hitter. Yeah. Hit homers, hit big homers, you know, got a lot of huge hits for the Reds. It was a great player, but it, there there comes a point for every single player, and Kratz knows this, where it's just over, and you can keep playing and you can try to grind it out, but does he really want to do that? I mean, I don't know about much about his personal life, but does he want to grind it through another year? I, I don't know. I mean, if he wants to make that decision, then he earned the right to make that decision. Just does he want to switch teams? Does he want to switch organizations? Because, again, I feel like this felt like the end for the Reds. I love that the Reds did this for him. I love the fans did it for him. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I my mind goes to Brett Gardner, played his whole career with the Yankees, never got it. Never got it because he never resigned. There's a lot more behind that whole story, but it's tough to see that. So I'm glad that the Reds were able to do this, and they definitely blew their season on Saturday. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Also, Brian Kenny would offer Joey Votto what one year, two dollars, based off Otani <laughs> making three hundred something million. I got a lot of play. Minor, minor league deal for Joey Votto. Minor league deal, independent league deal, but you can still play on the big league team or just pay pay us to play. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> With the salary cap, anyway. Want to remind everyone, Shady Rays. Um, while these guys are really in the mode talking money, you do not have to spend big to pick up a pair of durable frames like what AJ has, who's always serious. Independent. Have you found my lost company, ones yet? World-class, world-class product. <laughs> no, they're coming in the mail for you. That's part of the lost and broken replacements. And also, for the FT fam, ShadyRays.com, foul is the code, still running for you. 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. The shade's rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Okay, let's slap. <laughs> Okay, let's hit AMP, follow us on AMP, and speak to us. Actually, I was going back and forth with uh, one of our loyal FT fans, uh, Black Onyx, and I was like, call in, because he was like, you guys didn't give AL East Talk enough love. And you're right, we did not talk about enough about them. We did a little bit of Blue Jays, but we didn't really hit on Orioles, uh, Rays, although division's over, sorry, Locaine. But I was like, call in, and he was like, uh, it's 424 in Sydney, and my girl is sleeping. So, fair, <laughs> it's not you. But who is it on the line right now for AMP? Uh, your name, your favorite team, and what's your question or comment for us? Hi, my name is uh, Jamie, uh, a Yankee fan, and I'm from Jersey. My question is, which of the playoffs team uh, do you want to currently be on the roster of, whether it be, you know, the wild fringe wild card team or, you know, uh, like actually a division leader? Playoff team that I'd want to be on the roster for? 
I love the Orioles. I just don't see how a team that doesn't get swept can't figure out to, a way to win it. And they just look like they're having fun. I, I love it. I mean, I couldn't pick the Brewers or the Phillies because AJ would be like, oh, Homer. And so I think the Royals, I think, I think the Orioles would be just, I don't know, man. Like, I think they're legit. I'm going to agree with that. Not that you asked, Jamie, but thank you for the question to me because I would want to be teammates with Kratz and also I would want to be um, ripping shots in the beer bong with uh, John Angelos and be like, you know, guys, he's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> AJ, what about you? Dude, I'm going Braves because they got Sean Murphy and, and Travis Darno, and I never have to play. I could just sit back and <laughs> be the third catcher and be like, oh, you boys got it. Go get them. You and your anal fissures so, in Orlando. Right. You could just stay down there. You wouldn't even no, I'd want to be there. Team. I'd be oh. on the bench. I'd be like, you know, the third catcher guy. So, so exactly my career. Yeah, I was just saying, you want to be me. Right. I never knew you wanted to be me, AJ. Wow, this really makes this. This is between great. you and Ra- between you and Rowdy Crouch, man. It's been tough on me today. <laughs> AJ's just getting by right now. Well, um, Kratz hats. What do you got? Got the uh, EMU Royals, EMU Eastern Mennonite University, the EMU Royals. Pretty sick little. One year, one year cap that was rocked there. I always love these college can hats we, too. Can we get Scott to put that on his head, see, so we can see how big that thing is? Because it looks ginormous sure. when you're holding it. Good. I don't know. I don't want to touch. You can crown me. It's fine. <laughs> 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 it looks like it looks like one of those fathead fathead hats. It's, it looks like you know where like those those movies they control your brain they're like we got them <laughs> no 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 those hats that are like the, the big hats. hats the one the, the brave said the one the brave said they said yes. no that they said thank no, you brian robinson thank you wait wait i can take it on and off without messing up his hair at yeah, all nothing's changed and that's rare because usually it destroys my hair so that's that was unbelievable awesome. also quick reminder if you want to be like jamie and call in you can join amp for free and follow at Foul Territory. And then when you get to the end of the show, if you are luckily selected, we will bring you on to ask questions. Call and in. we Call also in. like to give things away. So we have a giveaway winner to end our day. The TISA giveaway winner is Brent Wales, who looks like Rowdy Telez. Rowdy's burner account. <laughs> no, congratulations, Wales. Brent. Wales Diesel. Wells Diesel. That's actually a strong name. That dude's beef. He, he that is, is beef. He's bringing it. No doubt. He can. His hat fits on your everybody's, head and vice versa. Everybody's hat. That's where they stand that's when a size it rains. Eight right there. No, but seriously, Brent, that's awesome, dude. Congratulations. He's got the dugout mugs with all the Roger Clemens signatures on him. He's got the teaser action, not Kratz's. All the, all the. No, he doesn't have my teaser. This yeah. is mine. This is got one more in. I gotta finish it up. But the, I got uh, one for you. the dugout mugs. But dugout mugs, I realized that me and Roger Clemens played on all the same teams. <laughs> so I wonder if dugout mugs wants me to sign and have a giveaway too. I, do, I, I don't know. I do they, know. Don't Chris, think so, AJ? No. I'm thinking maybe not. Maybe. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe. I'm going to go with no, definitely not. I'm going maybe. <laughs> okay, I give you a maybe. I give you a maybe. So you're saying there's a chance. If you like what you're watching and listening to, we actually do this every single weekday. So we will see you on Tuesday, people, for more FT Live during Wait, Scott, are you ever coming back to Orlando? Oh, he's no, he's... Oh, that's see so you nice. on Tuesday in Florida. Thanks, You're coming AJ. back? Oh. Coming back. Make room, <laughs> baby. Okay, I want a cheese board on the desk. No, you can't have cheese. <laughs> I'm going to have rice, pasta, a and cheese. A vegan charcuterie board. <laughs>
<laughs> See you Tuesday, people. Hey, get in on the action with the FT fam at BetMGM. New customers use the bonus code FOUL, F-O-U-L, for a $1,500 first bet offer. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit at least $10 into your BetMGM Sportsbook account. Place your first wager and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if the bet loses. If that bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once your initial wager is settled. Gambling problem or concern? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.